Uh, hello there. Jared again. This is the Our Time Podcast. Uh, I know that these have been a little bit sporadic lately. Uh, this is a side hustle, obviously, and uh, work's been crazy, but we're still going to commit to doing these when we can. And uh, for this week, we wanted to talk about polling. <laughs> um, I know that a lot of liberals have a lot of post-traumatic stress uh, <laughs> with, with regards to polling, and, and they're, they don't really trust the polls anymore. But uh, folks, listen to the polls, please. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the conversation that we're going to have today with my dad, taking a little bit of the opposite stance there. But um, yeah, good to be back. And uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to our time. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're talking about polling today. And I'd say that Jared and I don't totally disagree, but I'm probably a little more on the skeptical side of how accurate polls are. And um, so I just wanted to talk about polling and especially its effect on how we think about things. I think that polling actually sometimes is a self-fulfilling prophecy. People hear a poll and um, they kind of accept, if they accept what the poll says, they figure, okay, that's how it is. Another thing about polling that I think is interesting is I think that in general, Everybody agrees with the poll if it agrees with them. <laughs> and if the poll doesn't agree with them, they doubt the accuracy of the poll. <laughs> that's so, just kind of human nature, I think. Yeah, so that's um, something there. But especially, uh, this, this is especially important right now with the election coming up because things are so dicey with polling and and where things can go so you know that's what we'll get into too so what do you want to say to start i uh, i mean well what do you mean dicey <laughs> like when i think about polling it's polling is you're asking people and it's going to reflect a moment in time how they feel about any situation so in this presidential election biden has been up the whole time by a really consistent margin. And uh, the last election, it was kind of all over the place. Hillary was up sometimes. Trump was up sometimes. And Hillary usually had uh, a polling lead, but it was always within the margin of error. And I think that that's, you know, it's, it's one thing to look at a poll. I, I guess you do have to kind of understand what a poll is if you're going to have an opinion about it. And there's definitely people out there who don't quite understand what polling is and i think part of the problem in 2016 was everyone assumed hillary was going to going to win and there was also a lot of people that were turned off by her and if you can get away with not having to vote for her and still having her win then i think a lot of people wanted to make that decision uh the problem was that the polling you shouldn't have been that confident based on where the polling was. The polling was within the margin of error. If you listen to 538, uh, you can listen to their podcast right before the election. They didn't say who was going to win 
Um, and they also do more than just polling. They do um, political forecasting based on polling, which is a little bit more complex. And I think probably the best way to approach this. I'm rambling a little bit. So how would you like to respond? I don't know. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, the, the polls agree. The polls understand they have a margin of error. And if the polling is really close, if the polling says 49% for Trump and 51% for Biden. You got to be fucking nervous. Then. <laughs> you got to be nervous. Exactly. So the good news is the polls, at least if you're for, I, I, I wouldn't even say for Biden, I'd say against Trump because I, yeah. I, I'm not like really like enthused about Biden, but anybody but Trump and, and he's fine. <laughs> He's a better alternative. But um, the polls make me feel good being someone who wants to see Trump go because they are outside the margin of, of error there. Exactly. So, but that being said, I'm still nervous and I'm going to be nervous until this election's over. And one of the reasons, as I said, there's a tendency to when the polls go your way, you believe in him, and when they don't, you don't. Now, let's take Trump. He sees these polls. He doesn't believe them. He's bringing up the, sil <laughs> he's bringing up the silent minority, you know, like argument, again, silent majority argument again, which I don't remember. Was it Nixon that first that came up Nixon. with that one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's... Um, but he has somewhat of a point there, which really makes me squirm. And I would call it, I have a new term for it. I don't think it's the silent majority. I think it's the fortunate majority. And the well, fact is, one. in this country, the majority of people are fortunate enough to have pretty decent jobs and pretty decent lives. And they want their decent jobs and lives to continue. And they are scared, and Trump taps right into this, that if people get too liberal or move too far to the left, that they're going to lose their status quo. I think that that would be a great argument if Bernie Sanders were on the other side of the ticket and if the coronavirus never happened. You said that a lot of people are comfortable and they have their jobs. Not anymore. I mean, that, that people are losing their jobs like crazy. People are losing their business like crazy. And it's because of this virus. And the terrible response is I don't think there's a country that hand. I think the only country that handled this worse than the U.S. is China. And they're basically the same response. So when the right criticizes China, I say, okay. What is different about that and what Trump did? It's the same response. I can criticize China. China's terrible, but so is Trump's response. So I think that I think this election is going to be about that. We're three months away. It's not going away. People are still desperate. And by the way, uh, I don't know if I want to whatever. It's a podcast. You can go wherever you want. <laughs> They shut things down for four months and cut people one check for four months. What the hell are... I think that it's probably scientifically smart to shut things down, but you have to pay people if you're going to tell them they can't earn a living. And one check for 1200 is not going to do it.
But anyways. Okay, well, that's off the tangent again, because we're trying to talk about polling here. <laughs> so, about polling. So, um, so the question is, I guess, does polling take all that into account? And the answer, hopefully, is yes. You know, if people are thinking the way that you're thinking, the way that you're saying that they're probably thinking, I mean, it's transparent that COVID has taken everybody's security away. So it's um, a, a liberal like me would say this points more than ever to why we should have health care, single payer health care for all, because like it's it's no longer very certain <laughs> that you're going to have your job that gives you health care that enables you to be taken care of if, God forbid, you get very sick or hurt. So um, hopefully people and that are noticing this, and this will is reflected in the polls, and I think it's part of the reason that Biden, thankfully, is way ahead. And yes, it does point to why Biden's the safest alternative, because it's really difficult to get a liberal, like, left, you know, like, um, slant to stick very well to Biden, you know? Like, you can't... Exactly. He's, he's very centrist. So it's... Um, well, it, I think he's, he's, he's kind of not. He's really good at having the appearance of a centrist but his platform's further to the left than barack obama's uh either either term don't say uh, that watch it <laughs> the people hear this and listen to this the polls are going to change you're going to like I, swing back the other way to people that are comfortable i with think biden. that <laughs> i think biden is gifted at appearing to be moderate when I guess he's moderate, but the Overton window has shifted to the left that you can be a moderate and still be pretty liberal now. Yes. I think he's very good at threading that needle. So um, getting back to, uh, again, what I'm really trying this to explore here is how accurate polling is and if polling can actually itself influence the way things go. And let me bring up one example of what I'm getting at here. There's a complacency that can happen with polling if it's like, if it's just really, if there's a wide divergence, there's way beyond the margin of error. This reminds me of you when you were growing up in California. You didn't have much incentive to vote and your reasoning was, it doesn't matter because everybody that I'd vote for is going to win and everything that I want is going to win. So I don't really even need to vote. <laughs> so, yeah, but that was true every single election. That's but, <laughs> but see, that's so that can. Um, I'll tell, I can tell you it switched my mind on that, actually. OK, I'd like I'm, to hear I'm, that. But that, that, let me yeah, okay. just to stick my view of this is that even if that's true, I think that by being complacent and not voting, you're eliminating the degree of mandate that's being given to the person that's elected. Say that like 60% of the people are for Biden and 40% of the people are for Trump. 
of those 60% of the people that are for Biden, they go, he's in, so I don't you know, have to waste my time going down to the polls. I got better things to do. And so maybe 10% of those people take that attitude. So Biden still wins, but he wins by 50%, not 60%. And it doesn't give an accurate reflection of what the mandate is. And my, my problem with the country right now, not my problem with the country right now, my feeling with the country right now is for a long time it's been split about 50-50. As long as it's split 50-50, the polls can't tell you anything because it's that's, you know, within, that's within that margin of error. And if it's if it's a 50-50 split, even if you win, it doesn't really mean that everybody's for you. I mean, you just barely got in. So yeah. it's um, anyhow, back to you. So what changed your mind? Why did you start voting? <laughs> <laughs> well, two things on that. Well, I mean, definitely now that I vote out of Nevada, I would never consider sitting out an election. But when I was in California, I just felt like in, in Santa Cruz, California, like <laughs> it doesn't get much more liberal than that. Um, I just always felt like, well, there's nothing that I can vote on where my vote's going to make a difference. Everything that I would vote is going to win anyways. Uh, and but that that turned out to not be true. I think it was in I think it was in 2008. It might have been. It might have been 2012, but I think it was 2008. And it was the gay marriage thing in California. In California, to my disbelief, they voted that uh, gay people could not be married. Uh, Prop 8. Uh, I hope that I'm getting this right, but I believe it was Prop 8. And I believe that it passed. And, it, and California was against I think this is why. I think that's the one that went to the Supreme Court. And that's why we have gay marriage. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that it's true just so I can justify voting now. But that's why, uh, because it was the first time in my life I was like, wow, this. Uh, and it's not like it, had I voted, things would be differently. But it was, it was a thing that happened where I couldn't just say, oh well, if I if I, it doesn't matter if I vote. And then with this election particularly, I am voting because. I don't envision my vote being the one that's going to make the difference. I want Trump to lose by such a margin that Republicans are terrified to ever go. I want him to lose by the same margin that Nixon beat McGovern or Reagan beat uh, Carter and or who is the next guy? Uh, I, I forget, but let, let me jump in here just to, before I lose the my chain yeah, of thought. So it. It, it, your example, it doesn't matter if it's specifically correct. It doesn't matter if it, that was exactly the proposition or whatever. But the, your point is, is valid that all of a sudden you experienced the vote going against you, which uh, you always assumed that the vote was for you. So the yeah. thing is, this is why it's in, in one sense, it, it does seem completely futile to vote. You're one vote. <laughs> yeah. That's out of like how many millions and millions and millions of votes. But the thing is, your one vote is not just your vote. It's representative of all the people that think like you's votes. 
So yeah. there is probably, uh, I'm guessing there is a large amount of non-voters of your age and, um, you know, like views that didn't vote too. So if, if you voted and everybody that wasn't voting, just like you weren't voting, voted, that might have changed things. It was Mondale, by the way. Mondale yeah. was the guy. So um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And, and so <laughs> in terms of like the polling and you, you were talking about the, that landslide victory, I really think that Trump's going to lose by a landslide. And um, no poll's going to convince me otherwise. I even think I have such faith in the American people. I don't care what the polls say. My personal opinion is Trump is going to lose every single state in the union. I know that the polls. Come on. (laughs) So I'm just putting that out there. We'll see what happens after the election. (laughs) Okay. He's going to lose Louisiana. Yep. Yep. He's going to lose Alabama. Yep. Texas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's going to lose Idaho. Yep. Definitely going to lose Idaho. South Carolina. Kentucky. Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell State. Uh, Mitch McConnell isn't, you know, like, isn't completely like, you know, Trump's puppy dog. So. Is not. He's not, but the people love is him. Not. <laughs> no, he isn't. Mitch- <laughs> Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Right. McConnell. McConnell's the worst human. All right. I, I'm what? not a fan of McConnell. But McConnell also is not a total fan of Trump. And he lets that be known sometimes. You know, McConnell, oh. McConnell does not. McConnell, although he believes all the crap that, that Trump claims to believe, he also has <laughs> this idea that you should you know, comport yourself with dignity and respect. And he doesn't think that Trump does that. And he calls Trump on that when he doesn't do it. He's okay. This is the same guy who stole a Supreme Court justice. Oh, I know. That was, that, that was, that was horrific. So I'm not defending <laughs> McConnell. I'm just saying that McConnell doesn't always defend Trump. So, okay. Uh, so, the, I mean, the, <laughs> so what I'm I saying, I think Mitt okay. Romney doesn't always defend Trump. I think McConnell's a okay. bootlicker. What I'm saying is, I think that voters in Kentucky who support McConnell could not support Trump and not feel like they're um, letting McConnell down or, or, you know, like abandoning McConnell. They'll, they're going to vote for McConnell again, for sure. As long as he lives and breathes, he's going to get elected. They love him. But I don't think that every, every Republican in Kentucky who's a McConnell fan is a Trump fan. No, but they'll make the, they'll make the rationalization. Just okay. like I'm not a Biden fan and I'm going to vote for Biden. Like, you can, you can do it. <laughs> gotcha. If you're so far Republican, you're voting for McConnell, I think you can... You can take that that bargain. Uh, what well, was I going to say? Okay. Oh, th- go, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead and say what you were going to say, because I want to jump back into another polling point that I have here. But uh, go no, ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's talk about... I mean, uh, here's one point about polling. 
I, d I just hate it when people say, oh, the polls were off last time, so we can never trust them again. Okay, well, one, what else are you going to look at to tell you what's happening? What's, what's your alternative to polling that you think would give you a better uh, understanding of what was going on? And sure, yeah, let's just do that single question. What do you think would be a better than polling? Because I don't think there's such thing. The only thing better... The only alternative to polling would be no polling at all. And that's um, that where polling is useful and why it's nice is that polling's well aware of its, um, its flaws. It, it does its best to give a, a true picture of by who they um, poll, extrapolating that to what if everybody was polled, they would say. That's the point of polling. And the usefulness of it is to give you kind of a bead onto the thinking of people. And politicians especially respond to this. If, you know, like the politicians change their mind according to what they think they need to be doing to get the majority of voters to vote for them. And if the polls say that what they're that their agenda is 180 degrees opposite of the the agenda that the voters want, that that can be swung around. So that's 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 the polls. Polls are really good. You need because you can't just rely on your instinct. Except exactly. that that's what Trump does. <laughs> because a, okay, so. but a broken clock is right tw two times a day. It's just we can't look. This next election is going to tell us a lot. So I think there there was a lot of uh, theories to the case thrown around about why Hillary lost. And I always thought it was because she was a uniquely bad candidate and not because she was probably the most qualified candidate of all time. Problem is people didn't like her and she refused to ever acknowledge any of her mistakes. It's the... And there was 25 years of, of, of Republicans hating Clinton just built into this formula. And then also just historically speaking, it was most likely going to be a Republican in that election. But I think sexism probably played a larger role than I was originally willing to admit because the, I, the candidates, the only thing that changed in the candidate was the sex and Bernie got smoked this second time. It was not close. Uh, so I think that if we're going to talk about policy positions, H Hillary had the right policy positions. She just was also a woman who people didn't like, maybe for rational reasons and maybe for sexist reasons. And I think when Biden wins, it's going to prove that it wasn't necessarily about the policy stuff. It wasn't about... Uh, not attacking trade deals hard enough for these things the super progressives talk about. Uh, Biden and or Hillary are pretty interchangeable policy-wise. So the only thing that's changed is the gender. But we're talking about polling here. So <clears throat> the polling should have been able to reflect whatever... <laughs> That well, um, the whatever. polling last time was was not close enough to be confident. It was not this. The, I've been looking at the polling for, on this election for 
ever since there's been polling on it. And that eight-point lead for Biden has been so steady, so steady. Eight points, it goes... It go, it'll, it'll go up from there, but it doesn't really go down from there. Okay, and but I, still, hold on. But still, okay. that could change. But I want to talk to... It could change. Yes, the, the basic thing with the Hillary thing, uh, um, uh, talks. that's what I'm talking about, the 50-50 split. When Hillary was running, <clears throat> it was too close between the two and anything could change it one way or the other. So the polls really couldn't predict. And the people that knocked the polls for predicting Hillary and it was Trump, is still their prediction levels was just about within the margin of level, that margin of error. Nobody was predicting that Hillary was going to win by a landslide. It was close. They knew it all the time. Yeah. But... <clears throat> What I want to get here is the the polls themselves acknowledge they now have a problem of um, getting what's this thing that's called the the random sampling. Uh, there's a term for it. Um, let me try to see if I can find it here. Um, ah, I lost the term, but ideally, what a poll attempts to do <clears throat> is <clears throat> is poll proportionately <clears throat> the same percentage of believers and 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 um, culture cultures that is in the society take a representative sample representative size. sample that's what I was looking for so for example just throwing numbers out there these I these aren't accurate I'm just say, say you got three types of say you got 10% of the the put of the adult public in the nation is Latino, 10% is black, and and 80% is white. Let's just do those two. So when you poll, you need to poll, your poll needs to reflect 10% blacks, 10% Latinos, and 80% whites. Now the trouble is that it's the Latinos and the blacks Although the polls try to make up for this, they don't tend to answer polls as often as whites. Also, college graduates tend to uh, not have a problem with expressing their opinion and being polled, but people with lesser degrees tend to not even participate in the polls. So this well, yeah, is a... I mean, there's no perfect poll. I mean, exactly. Yes. So this is where this silent majority comes in. And in Trump's case, Trump's core backers are exactly the people that think polls are a bunch of Huey and won't even talk to him. And so, so he has a point there. So and but the, I, but the problem is that it's not a majority; it's a minority. It's about thirty percent of the population is loves Trump. Thirty percent. If you if you believe the polls, but so, <laughs> but so so just my and and I want to believe the polls, and I'm not making an argument. I'm not by any means trying to make an argument for the polls are wrong and Trump's going to win, but. I've, my point is that Trump has a point, and by making that point, he actually is encouraging the people that <clears throat> that don't poll to vote, 
and to not poll to throw people off. Now, where I think Trump errs is I think that Trump's intuition is out the window now. Trump has tried. Trump, Trump doesn't get that he that people don't agree with the way that he's <clears throat> running the country people don't agree the way that with the coronavirus the the way that he's handled that and <clears throat> so <clears throat> he sees these polls and this is where this is what my prayer is that this is his major fatal flaw he sees these polls and he says Oh, that's just, you know, that's not really what the people really think, you know, like the silent majority, they're with me, you know, or as I would put it, the fortunate majority, they're with me. This is a bunch of BS, you know, these polls. So fortunately, Trump, because he he has such a, a belief in his ability to like read the tea leaves <laughs> that he's he's not even like changing his position or modifying his behavior at all i'm thinking that that's going to sink him but he's yeah, but he's thinking that that's going to make him he's thinking that well, he needs to double down stick with well, because, exactly his because program. it worked yeah it worked for him once and that's why it's important that this election doesn't go for him because it shows if biden wins uh it shows that he's an anomaly he's not the rule um and i just i want him to win by a massive margin because i think that america abandons abandons losers quickly you know there's that statistic that more people will tell you that they voted for the candidate who won than actually like there's there's too many people saying that some people didn't do that like you can't there are more people than actually voted for the person will say that they voted for the person who won and i think that it 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 just has to be a crushing victory that's the way i'm looking at it i'm looking at my vote i i don't care if it's the vote that pushes it over the edge i want my vote to be the 35th rock that hit him in the head you know it's it has to be a crushing crushing defeat uh but the good news here is that the only president at this point in the election that had a lower approval rating than trump currently does uh was george hw the first the first bush who lost uh carter and that's it. Yes. So. Um, oh, Truman. Truman had slightly lower, yeah. and I believe Truman. But also. but th- this jumps back, and, and I basically play a devil's advocate here. I I mean, I'm not saying that I actually believe what I'm go- what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's a possibility. <laughs> this um the approval rating is. Not necessarily um, c- coordinated. I'm lost. The, I can't think of the word. It'll come to me. But the the approval rating and the vote rating are not necessarily the same. People can disapprove of Trump, but still vote for him. Yeah, but it's so, it's hot. It's the highest. It's it's almost fifty six percent right now. Right. Disapprove. So so. But what I'm by contrast on election day that was forty yeah uh, forty one percent 
So this comes back to my fortunate majority thing, that the fortunate majority, I think, are upstanding like people who have an integrity and are appalled by Trump's behavior, and I think that they violently disapprove it. But if they're, when it comes to how they're going to vote, they're going to vote for what keeps, in, in their minds, what what keeps their status quo in, in place. Now, I agree that this is what you pointed to, why we'd have a problem with Bernie dumping Trump and why we shouldn't with Biden because he is there. But, but this is just kind of like goes to the heart of the Republican con game, which is what I would call it. It's like the Republicans appeal to that fortunate majority. But who the Republicans are actually in the court and in bed with is what I would call the fortunate minority. These are the people that are really fortunate. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, the people that, you know, we're talking people that have made bazillions of dollars and everything. And they want to, they're the people that don't want to pay any more taxes, even though they already pay a lot of taxes, granted. But the fortunate majority confuses themselves with the fortunate minority. They just don't really get it. Like the fortunate majority is sitting there going, you know, I'm making pretty decent money and everything. I want to keep that. And my goodness, look at this. I'm paying 28% taxes. That's a lot of money. That's more than any church I know of asks people to contribute of their income. That's a lot, almost a third of their income. And they're going like, you know, if the other side gets in, they're going to be taking more of my taxes because they hear the other side being the Democrats want to tax more the fortunate minority. The Democrats aren't going to tax any more the fortunate majority. They know that they are about tapped out. But people don't understand how much unfathomable money the fortunate minority make. And even if they paid like 60 or 70 percent taxes, they, the 30 percent left is still unfathomable amounts of money to us. And... Uh, we're going to have to fact check this, but I'm going to put this out there. I think that I saw somewhere that at one point in America, the fortunate minorities tax rate was 90%. Yes, but uh, let's see here. I believe that was under FDR and that was a wartime tax uh, during World War II. And uh it was 90%, uh, I believe, until Kennedy came in. Kennedy lowered it, and uh, Reagan lowered it more. Okay, so how, how perfect. So the, the fortunate minority accepted paying 90% of their income if, it, if that money went towards war. <laughs> <laughs> if that, well, if World that, War One. Yeah, no, I know, but it, which <laughs> can be argued. You know, oh, sorry, so, World War Two, the the better yeah, one. So. Yeah. So the 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 good thing that that is a war that most people would argue was a truly moral war that was 
you almost couldn't get out of. But but the point is, the the people that have lots of money, they don't mind putting out money for their protection. They don't mind paying police to keep people from coming and stealing their stuff. But they don't like a whole lot putting out money to help people that are in need. Well, it's an idea of fairness. So They yeah. view fairness differently than liberals. They view fairness as it's unfair to take their hard-earned cash and give it to people who they feel didn't deserve it. And there's a lot... I mean, they have, I guess, their point, but from a liberal perspective, they had a lot more help than they're willing to admit if they got to the point that they did, if we're talking about this super echelon of the 1%, uh, chances are they came from a very silver spoon upspringing, upbringing. Uh, chances are they went to a very good school. Chances are their family hooked, it up, hooked them up with a good job. Um, and also you have your Mark Cubans who come from nothing. Um, the Mark Cubans of the world tend to be more open to <laughs> giving away some of their cash, though. And it's just uh, it's a, it's an idea of fairness that liberals and, and conservatives simply do not gr- agree upon. Exactly. And, and so this is um, uh, that's interesting what you said, just said. I had never thought about that, but I would guess that that's probably true. The people who actually made their billions themselves and you know came up pulled themselves up by their bootstraps or just did it themselves probably are more um likely to give money out to help others who need help versus the people that it just basically i were, i mean they're more open to to yeah they're more open being to taxed help. more yeah. yeah exactly so but this is does you've identified correctly the difference between basically republicans and democrats the way that they lean and the way that they roll now even though biden is less of a threat like you also said that biden's farther left to than obama so this comes back to my fear (laughs) that if the the fortunate majority think that Biden's going to take more of their money than they're willing to part with, they can hold their nose and vote for Trump. This can could they, happen. Can they? When there's a pan, when there's a global pandemic happening, this ruining the economy, can you really say, <laughs> let's take more of this? I want more of this guy. Yeah, the guy who took, uh, what, four, six months to put on a fucking mask? <laughs> Let's go. I, my, I want more of that because uh, well, of taxes. The, the reason I'm <laughs> predicting that Trump is going to lose every single state is I th- have enough faith in the American public that they are going to, in every single state by a majority, understand that Trump has endangered lives through mishandling of the COVID pandemic. But, you know, that's just how I think, and that's how you think. We're not arguing here. Yeah. But... Yeah. Does the other side can just, I can see how they could think, 
well, yeah, maybe he could have done other things. But, you know, the fact is, this is a freaking virus. And I was going, you can't blame Trump for a virus. You can blame Trump for not. You can't blame him for the reoccurrence and the never flattening yeah. the curve. Is that you can blame Trump for not reacting uh, better and to the virus and to help to to contain it. But I can see the people thinking, you know, eh, what the f, you know, it's it's a virus. What the heck can Trump do? Yeah, maybe he could have done all this. Maybe he could have done all this stuff that the people are saying that he should have, could have, would have done. And the virus would still like be there and would still be taken off. Maybe we can't just stop it. The, the poor and guy's that would doing be his best. And that would be, people are saying that, and that would be a fine talking point if places like Germany and South Korea didn't exist. Like, you can't make the, the only way to make these arguments is to, to ignore that other places in the world exist. You, you can look at Sweden and see that Sweden did absolutely nothing, what some people would prefer, and they have the highest death rate in Europe, and their economy is also tanking. So they didn't even get that benefit. Their economy is tanking. The economy is tanking around the world because it's all interconnected, and people are afraid to go outside, and there's an inept government that's not taking care of them. It's the one time that you need a government. The one time that liberals... could This could be our shining moment right now. <laughs> Instead, you got this dunce in the White House who's giving the perfect example of why you don't put a reality star in the White House? I, I, I again, I, you know, you're preaching to the <laughs> choir. So I, I, I agree. Um, poll wise, again, back to the polls, which we're trying to kind of discuss here is is the topic. Are the polls accurately, or as accurately as can be expected, do you think, taking that into account? And, and are the polls reflecting that more people think like you and I do as far as Trump's handling of, of the COVID virus and that just being the final straw if we needed one to get him out? Or are the polls missing? Did people were like you know thinking the other way and and aren't really blaming him that much well, for that i mean there's this quiniac quinipiac poll quinipiac uh that said handling it asked specifically the handling of the crisis and biden wins 57 to 38 so even if that poll is 15 points off biden still has a massive lead it's not close right. handling health care biden 58 35 coronavirus response 5935. I mean the what the most amazing thing about this coronavirus is that we have Democrats and Republicans in agreement with how to respond. It's just happening at the governatorial level, but the same governor in Texas who's a I'm pretty darn sure a staunch conservative is having a very similar response to the governor of California. It's right. beautiful. Okay. So do the polls, all the polls you just spouted out were what people, it's just the same thing about whether people um, uh, believe that Trump's like doing a good job. Everybody thinks he's not doing a good job. But what are the polls saying at this point in time as to how people are going to vote? Well, that's, 
that's not the way to look at polls. Polls are a moment in time. Polls can change. So if the debates come and Biden's brain falls out of his ears during the debates, then that could be the, I think that's Trump's Hail Mary. Biden has to forget how to speak during the debates, which has happened during po past debates. So not right. totally so unreasonable. Right, the, so the, the, polls, the polls can't, you know, like take into account some gaffe or something horrible that happens in the future. You know? But it's tough to, it be, the poll, it's but, also but tough to not, see because the polls have been so consistent this whole time. Ever since there's been polls, it's tough to see something happening within the next three months aside from Biden's brain falling out of his skull to really change anything. There's nothing <laughs> Trump can do. What can Trump do? He's just going to talk about Confederate. He's missing the mark. I, uh, I agree. And, I, and, and, and again, this is why, you know, my internal gut says that he's going to lose and even in every state. So I, I, I agree with you, but, um, the, when it comes to how people are going to vote at this point in time, can you give me a poll that says of they do the polls of likely voters? If if the election were held tomorrow, what what would the vote be according to the polls? Uh, I think that poll exists, but it it doesn't matter. It's the it's the wrong way to look at a poll. And also because you shouldn't be looking at it nationally. You have to look who the only people I care about going into this election are the people in Wisconsin, the people in Michigan, and the people in Pennsylvania. You win those three states, that's the entire election. I think that Biden can win Arizona too. I think Biden might be able to win Florida. You win either of those, that's the election. So, you know, it, it's not about nationally. It's not about what I think. It's not what about my friends in California think. It's about what the people in Wisconsin in Michigan and Pennsylvania, Arizona and Florida think. That's going okay. to decide the election. And and that that's another reason why I'm scared because state polls are not as accurate as national polls. The pollsters a bit notice and I'm not exactly sure that they even understand exactly why that is. But you can't trust the state polls no. as as much as you can trust the national polls. That's for, true, but you can look at the reason. 2018 election, and all three of those states I just mentioned went completely blue, including the governor's race, which is a statewide election. Yep, okay. So let me just... Um, uh, we're talking a lot about polling here, and I just want to kind of throw this out there i've never been polled <laughs> so one time i was almost kind of polled i was came out of voting here in nevada one one election and there was a television crew on the sidewalk interviewing people as they came out you know doing an exit polling and a guy came up to me and I joked. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't want to like be on TV. You know. I didn't want to like. I was afraid I might say something stupid or look stupid, so I declined. You know, to be interviewed. But this, the the, the question is, and this is for the polling people's problem. I think more people just simply don't want to be polled than ever before. I think it used to be, be robocalls is responsible for this. I mean, I'm not gonna answer the phone. And even if it turns out it, it, it's a legitimate, like the Pew poll people or whatever, like people are 
basically wired up at this point to not talk to anybody, <laughs> polling-wise. So how do these polls overcome that? You know, it's, it's like, how do they poll the people who don't have... You can't go to the internet because uh, there's still a large majority of voters that aren't on the internet. You can't do telephone polling because people aren't going to freaking answer like a telephone call anymore unless they see by the ID that it's from their friends. Well, I've you been could, polled from my cell phone. You, Oh, that's good to hear. So, <laughs> so, so I haven't. Uh, maybe the way they that already... you do it is you call certain age groups. You do the best you can, and then you can do mathematical formulas to put certain uh, and respondents based on their uh, however what group you put them in. You can do mathematical formulas to because you're not going to be able to ask everyone. You're not going to be able to ask certain groups as much. So you can do math for that. Basically. I understand, but how can you do the math for how can the pollsters take into account what do people think and or are going to vote that segment of people who won't talk to them? <laughs> so, I mean, so, could, yeah. so the people who would talk to the pollsters tend to probably swing a little more one way than the other. I'm not sure exactly which it is, but... You know, the pollsters have a problem because people don't want to talk to the pollsters. Well, I think that actually probably the people that are most likely to talk to a pollster are older folks, and those folks are the most likely to vote. The people that are less likely to talk to a post pollster are people like me or younger, and they probably but, won't vote anyway. So but the problem is I'm an older folk. And I don't want to talk to a pollster. And you're a younger folk, and you have talked to a pollster. <laughs> so, well, so, I mean, that's um, a good example of it working. That's the process what, working. What I actually, what I wish is that what I would do is like, I think Pew Research is one of the top polling organizations thinks, I want them to mail me something so I can sit down and, and check off the boxes and write in my responses and send it back to them. The trouble is that process is too slow by the time they get that and they amalgamate everything. It's the polls are irrelevant because the time's going by. But you can really, in my opinion, only even accurately tell a pollster what you believe if you've got a little time to sit and look at the question and answer the question and, and move on. You know, even when people just... When people poll you, you're, you're basically just reacted just on the spot to something. And, and of course, you know, we all know the questions tend to like the way the questions phrase can influence what your answer to the poll is. And if the question was answered a different way, you would say yes. And if they answered a question another way, you'd say no. So, but, but the pollsters, I do understand, do their best to take all this into account and working on it. But I, it just keeps coming back to, to my feeling is that it's more difficult than ever for the pollsters to actually get an accurate polling. And what was the term you said again? Representative sample? Yeah. I think it's it's really difficult to get that representative sample now because I, I I think that there's huge 
uh, I think there's significant percentages that are left out of that sample that just because the pollsters can't get to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like I keep saying, the point of polling is to just get an idea of where things are and a moment of time. But it's not, you don't look at a poll and go, oh, I don't need to vote now. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not the proper take. So when you, we look at polls and we see that Biden is doing well as liberals, uh, you say, good. And then you throw that away and then you plan on voting. <laughs> that's, that's the message. Right. And I, I think that we both agree, and I guess this is the bottom line on polling, I think it's a great thing that Trump doesn't believe in the polls. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I think if he did, he would maybe be able to, like, at least change and give lip service to, like, a, a different way of acting and a different way of um, governing you know, in in alignment with what the polls are telling them people want to see. But fortunately, I think it's fortunately for me, he doesn't believe in polls. And and so, although I also don't believe in polls a little bit, like I say, I I actually, (laughs) and I think everybody's like this in a way, and it goes back to where I said, you know, if, if you're, if the polls say what you think you agree with them, and if the polls say the opposite thing that you think you doubt them, you know, so yeah. I think that is a, a universal human thing. Yeah. And it, it's, um, I'm currently the polls are telling me what I want to hear. So I'm hoping that they're right. But I am not going to get complacent about it. I am not going to take for granted that Trump's going to lose because I did that last election. It didn't happen. I can't do any more than vote like I did last election. But I'm just hoping and praying. And I do have this faith in the American people that they can see that the charlatans in the White House and a con man and they're going to vote him out. Please, dear God, have this be what happens. <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on. So okay. that's going to be our time. <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you next time. Okay. See ya and vote, everybody. <laughs> Whether you believe in it, our point of view or the other one, vote. Your vote matters. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs>